0: Guys, welcome to the latest episode of River City '93, brought to you by Roughneck Cars, Acres FC, and of course, for the culture. This is your host, as always, Elliot Barr, and is joining me is one man that made the trip all the way from South Georgia to Raleigh. It only came back at one point. It's Mr. Matt Myers. How are you doing, sir?
1: That ain't my that ain't my fault. Yeah. <laughs> My my road trip record when I fly solo, team gets results. is when the rest of y'all fools come with me, that doesn't go well.
0: So you say from <laughs> now on, you're the only one that's allowed to go on road games. Got you.
1: Yeah, but it's more fun with the rest of, with other people there too. So it's, it's really a tough call.
0: <laughs> and is also joining me is a guy that audio all of a sudden stopped working, and we haven't won a game since. It's Mister Shneer Duran II. How are you doing, bud? Ah, uh, so we blaming me? <laughs> I'm just saying when the audio was crap, we was winning games.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll let's uh, not go that far.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh. So yeah, so this past week we had a double week. As you know, we played North Carolina. That result went for uh, nothing, and then we had South Georgia, which was a two-two comeback on this past Saturday, um, instead of going by goal, by goal, by goal, because we'll be here for an hour, plus, um, I think it's better if we just talk about each game as it's entirely, you know, some things that might have stuck out to us and things that we, you know, need to change going forward because we are at the halfway point. Um, and also, this is our midseason review podcast. So, haha, you ain't it that. So, let's start off with this. Let's start off with the North Carolina game, guys what were some of your biggest takeaways in that game and what were some things if positive because i don't think we should just do all smash everything to hell podcast but what are some positives if any you could take away from that game uh
2: to be honest with you this game was sloppy um basically in terms of ball control with the kickers sloppy and also defensively with regards to marking sloppy uh from the first goal Christo is left wide open because i'm not sure who yvonne was supposed to be marking but he just lets christos just waltz into um our our six and step back out to receive that cross and headed in um Cole is caught in no-man's land because he's already marking a player and has to scramble away from the player he's marking to see if he can maybe make a play on the ball. The second goal, Yvonne gets turned way too easily in the midfield, and Christo looks up and sees a wide-open goal, and he, decides, sure. he says, I'm going to chip the keeper, and he does. On, and I, I,
1: would, I would not classify that as him getting turned there. Yeah, He didn't – You know, yeah he was able to turn but it's not he turned and accelerated past him he brought the ball down turned 90 degrees and just launched from midfield
0: but yeah well, I, I know
2: but the, in that, in that situation ivan ivan needs to be giving him a little more he needs to be giving him a little more trouble because it, at the end of the day that ball gets lobbed into him into Crisco, and for him to receive that ball and be able to turn when Yvonne is literally right on his back. It's I. I don't think he should be able to turn there. I mean, I
1: still think the bigger question is what's going on, you know, further back, you know, because it's not like Yvonne and Chris were the last guys. There was, you know, I think it was, you know, Chrysler further back. And then Akira is, you know, outside his box. You know, even though there's another defender in between him and you know the ball. That's at it's not a midfield either. It's that the, you know kind of the you know bottom of the circle or something where's he at like that I mean I I get what you're saying with Yvonne but I feel like that's a play you see 50 times a game where you know a center forward can be able to bring the ball down you know turn 90 degrees or something and yeah I mean could the defender do something more sure but pinning the actual goal on him uh, we we can put a lot of stuff on Avon later on in the game. That's not <laughs> it.
0: Yeah,
2: the rugby
1: tackle.
0: <laughs> look, I just want to say, man, the football training camp is coming up soon. Avon might want to try out for free safety. He might actually, you know, might make the team. Just want to say. Um good tackle, right? <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, look, he stopped right at the goal, huh? Oh, Yeah. 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 And it was perfect form. Like if this would be positive, that was perfect form. That man wrapped up, turned to the side. As a football coach, I cannot be mad. I get yeah, that's good form. Wrong football though. But it was good form. Uh, wrong, wrong time too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: and I mean, I think, even, even oh and I'm thinking leading up to, to that to that red card. It was literally just a bunch of sl- sloppy play in the midfield. We lose the ball, and
1: now Yvonne has to chase. Oh, there wasn't even a midfield at that point in the game. That exactly. was, good. you know, Darren just thrown any, every attacking player out there and left, uh, you know, Yvonne and Zaka and what was it, Cole back there to figure it out. Yeah. But
2: I, I do want to ask you guys mm-hmm. to the letter of the law. A red card in that situation is there is no there is the was the red card of preventing a goal scoring opportunity or was it just from the fact that he literally rugby tackled
0: it? I think it's from a goal scoring opportunity, yeah, and like a and a tackle itself.
1: So. Yeah, he was <laughs> clear, clear in.
0: Yeah, like if you go back like a minute if or two before you that, look carefully. Mumbai
2: is almost level with Yvonne at the time of that tackle.
1: He where there's almost.
0: Yeah. I mean almost.
2: I know, but it, and he the difference is Yvonne is wrapped up in a struggle with uh who was was it Cohen or or, or Christo? Christo. It was Christo. It was Christo. Yeah. So is wrapped up in a tussle with Christo that would definitely slow Christo down and Mumbai is running free. And yeah. Mumbai is not exactly your Ford Pinto. <laughs> so is there an <laughs> argument that <laughs> is it's there an argument cool that if, it, it, <laughs> Mumbai maybe could have caught up to the plate if if
1: Yvonne was left for dead? You got if you're a referee, you can't make those presumptions. You can only go off of what you see.
0: Yeah. And also, it's like the way how the tackle happened. No, yeah. like, it, it's going to It puts that yeah. AR on that side. Like another thing to note. You know. That ref on that side was not good. Like, if you go back and look at the first half, Oleks was on, I think, like, two times called him on. They missed the elbow that Emmy got. It was not a real-off game. Um, anyway,
1: anyway yeah. to get back to the positive you know, thing with this game so that we can move on and never talk about this game again, <laughs> uh, Oleks uh, created a ton of chan- chances in that game, mostly by himself. Uh, you know, He's pretty much the only one causing any kind of problems, looking any kind of – threat you know throughout the entire game the other positive uh you know you academy you know kid uh Damien gallegos you know got a 10 minute run out uh you know so you it didn't really impact the game much while I was out there it was nice to see uh you know the pipeline continuing know, to grow and you young guys getting some chances
0: yeah and um came back as well it was good to see uh he is healthy um all right so move it on. Nothing else to say about this game. <laughs> uh, no,
2: I, but before we do go, it it's one good thing to see that even though yes, it did lead to a red card, but the fact that coming back from injury in that situation late in the game, Mumbai is still able to almost keep pace with that with that battle in terms of his pace. That that lets me know that he's fully healed. You know <laughs> and that we we will probably see a little bit more of him. And it won't just be like, yeah, we just put him in to let you guys know that he's still a part of the team, but he's still he's still in bubble wrap, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, I'm glad that that you know, seeing see, seeing him out there, he looked healthy, he looked fit, mm-hmm. he looked like, you know, a player who's ready to just continue on with the season. Yeah.
0: Um, so moving on game that happened on Saturday, South Georgia, uh 2-2. It was a little bit of controversy in the first <laughs> minute. Well, twenty seconds. I don't really say it's controversy. It was a nailed on, pin. Yeah, I mean, but Richmond did battle back to get a two-two draw. So I want to get your guys' feelings on this game. How you guys felt about it?
1: So, sorry, I, I, I was there at the game. Uh, not, not much to that place. You know, think about, uh, you know, like the high school football stadiums around here. Shrink it down in size <laughs> a bit. Uh, it's like, you know, when you're on the, you know, when you watch on the ESPN Plus, you see all those little uh, uh, temporary stands uh, on the other side. Those are clearly, you know, carted in. the So the camera side, there is a permanent stand there, but it's like seven rows deep. So it's not very big in any way. It makes it for a nice, you know, kind of tight, uh, you know, feel to the entire stadium. Uh, you could hear everything that both benches were saying. That was cool. Uh, but yeah, with, that game started rough, right? Uh, you know, and for me, the, you know, the worst part about it, and I'm somebody who does not like this style of play to begin with, but Luke was you know clear and free, out you know of you know, the penalty area, you know moving the ball upfield, square pass. I think it was to Victor. Okay, fine. You know he passes it a little bit back to Zach. Okay, fine. Whatever. All the way back then to to Jalen. I mean, not ideal, but still plenty of time. And then. I don't know what it was about this week, but our rock solid center backs both had just the biggest brain farts you can imagine in this space of three days. And he takes too long on the ball and just decides, all right, well, you know, Vaughn had a nice tackle. Let me see if I can tackle as well. He only got an arm tackle in, you know, so uh you know, not quite, you know, maybe ready for NFL training camp the same way. But I mean when you give away such an obvious you know penalty. A minute into the game, not a great feeling.
0: No, no, not at all. And I mean, also, it's like so before we talk about this goalie the more happened. This lineup, when I first saw it, I don't this is my biggest gripe with Darren right now at this random movie. Just lineup wise, and I hate this because I predicted this at the start of the year about how I wanted to see Darren play a 442 diamond. And this man is living or dying by it. Like, he is he is all in on this diamond. Uh, but then also, like, I understand Avon's out. But I don't understand the reasoning of putting Calvo in that center back spot. And he's never really, from what I can tell, he's never played center back. Um, I understand you want Luke in there because Luke could get up the field a little bit more. But Ani, like, the past three or four games has been a defensive liability. Like, one-on-one defending, I haven't. I don't feel comfortable in it because I was mentioning that before we started recording about when you go back and watch Calvo defend, he has like this tick about the way how he shapes up. It is like one foot in front and then the other foot is like kind of sideways. So he can like pivot or turn either way. But while he's doing that, he's like backing up from the defender. If you go look at the North Carolina game and the goals that Calvo's involved of, it's the same thing. Like he gives five yards of space. Before, like, he decides, like, oh, I want to close down. And he doesn't immediately do already so, so I'm do that.
1: And as a center back
0: spot, you can't do that.
1: So let me ask you this, then. You weren't crazy about Calvo moving inside, and you're not crazy about Alny. uh Who did you want in there with Jalen?
0: No, Ani. I was, I, I was fine. Like, because Ani's a natural center back. Okay, so he was I one thought, of the
1: twin towers th- from the start.
0: Yeah, I thought, like, I naturally thought, like, that would have been the natural thing to do, you know? Instead of having okay, I gotcha. three fullbacks and a center back. Because in that case, then maybe like, because what I saw, I think we were talking about, I think uh, I really thought it was going to be three in the back because I just saw Cole, Cavill, and Jalen. I was just like, all right, well, guess he's going three in the back because Luke is probably going to play wingback and Maddie or someone else. But no, it's 4 4 2 And I think Darren kind of got bailed out. And I hate to say this because Luke got injured. I think he got built out. I don't know if I
1: go that far with that because he's not going like to change his shape or anything. Just move Kellow back to right back and put Ani in center back. And you still had you know Vignoles and you know Victor kind of playing a kind of a narrow wide midfield type roles.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Also,
1: I thought Luke. Played, I thought Luke was playing well until he got hurt.
0: He was, he was, he was getting up and down attack. I just, if you're gonna put Luke out there, I don't think you need Calvo. I think, I think at this point, either you gotta sit Calvin for a little bit to allow him to, you know, get better. I, I'm not saying Calvo's a bad player or anything like that. I just think like, you can tell he's overthinking to the point. Is there? You can correct. You can help me out. With this. like when a player like overthinks, you can see like they take the safe option and instead of like reacting, I mean. Being proactive, they're closing down and trying to force the attacker to go like inside to the help or outside to like force them down the lane, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, defensively, you want to keep it simple, right? You want to keep it to a point where you know exactly what you're doing. And you're doing three, four, mm-hmm. five things, and that's it. If you look at some of the great, greatest defenders, you look at Yambi. There was nothing flashy about Yambi. Yambi went out there and he dominated because he did the simple things well. And I think as a defender, the reason why I feel that um, center back is actually the most difficult position in the game is is because you have to think simple and you should not overthink. While the game of soccer itself it almost tempts you to overthink. So to be able to fight that and just think simply is what makes a center back job so difficult. Mm-hmm. So in this case, I mean when you when you've got someone who's overthinking on the field, they'll usually they'll take a half second to to do something or they'll they'll I don't know, make the wrong decision in in a specific moment because they overthought what the attacker was going to do, what the player trying to win the ball with them was going to do. They overthought that. So it's, it's, it's one of those difficult situations to, to um, deal with.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to ask you guys this question next. What is it about this team? And this is a big concern. Like I've, I've been talking about it. About the defensive miscommunications we've seen on a lot of these goals, because the second goal about South Georgia, you saw a lot of guys just they were trying to put out fires instead of just having a cool, calm, and collected head. And like that's a play that easily could have got sorted out. But it's like if you're rushing, that's the easy goal you could give up because you're trying to be the one to cut out the fire before the next person and the next person, you know. Um what is it about this team that we've seen? Like did this. The, the miscommunication and the defensive part of the team. Do you think that's just the back four, or do you think it stems more from like how the midfield is playing as well and the attack?
1: I think there's pieces of all of it. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I think it might have been the Luke interview where you talked about this that you know, last year, you know, Kyle was a really vocal leader in the back, and that's not really what. You know Yvonne is it's not really what you know, Jalen is anyway so i wonder if there's a little bit of that missing you know as well uh you know again being at the game if they want to hear hear or not hear some things and i, I heard you know darren to here early on here i need to hear you more of this game you know so you know, working on getting you know more of that verbal communication and getting things you know sorted out you know that way uh because yeah, i mean if you look at you know that team that was out there by the end of it three out of the four opening day starting defenders weren't on the field. Jalen was the only one still out there after Luke went down. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, changing pieces through there. I think part of it is the changing midfield shape as well. Uh, you know, some I don't know if it's guy's just not going in hard enough. They're, you know, you know, not used to the diamond as opposed to the, you know, kind of the three midfield that we've been using earlier on the year when the defense is a little more solid. Overall, Uh, but yeah, there's a lot more breakdowns. I mean, and it wasn't even that second goal. I mean, think about even in the first half, uh, there was that, you know, time that Kira went out there and tried to chest the ball and, you know, cleared it and got pure lucky that the ball went wide instead of straight into his goal for another embarrassing goal this week.
0: Now, that one I would have blamed 100% on him. Not the North Carolina one. That one, 100% I would have blamed on him. Yeah, that was terrible. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Um, but I think that might have answered my other thing that I have a little bit of frustration with is also like the defensive transition because a lot of this... So, right before the first North Carolina game, this team was very conservative. You know, we weren't really going for possession. We were really like sitting in deep. And then like that North Carolina game, you see this team trying to be more expansive, trying to move off the field. Ever since that, we've had more possession. We've had more shots on goal. We've had... We've created chances, not finish chances. We've created more chances. But it's like we've been more, very more susceptible to the counterattack. And do you think that's – let me put it this way. Do you think that's a result of Darren changing the style of how this team is playing, or do you think that's a, that's an effect of so many key pieces missing out, like a Z- I mean, Zaka missing a game here, or Ian Antley being out, or Monty being out? Well, you will have those normal starters. Do you think it's a result of that? What you guys think? Um,
2: I think what we're dealing with here is probably a, a, one thing that you did bring up, Matt, was the difference between um, Chrysler and and Ivan and Kyle last year. There is a very very big importance of vocal communication um either your center backs or your goalkeeper need to be talking constantly directing traffic telling everyone where they need to be what they need to do first reason is because they see more of the field than everyone else but the most important reason is as a center back or as a goalkeeper you have more of the capability of remaining focused if you have to direct traffic so now you're you're talking elliot about a situation now where we have more possession and we're more susceptible to the counter-attack well if we have two center backs that are not vocal and We're going through spells of possession where their minds can slip into disinterest and distraction of, oh, maybe I should be in this position and maybe receive a back pass and and maybe this can happen and maybe that can happen and maybe we can push forward this way. You're forgetting that you need to be marking the center forward. You get easily caught on the counter if no one is constantly saying, you step here, you drop back, make sure you watch your man. All of those types of things are things that keep you focused as a player. So this ties in hand in hand with what both of you, Matt and, and, and Elliot, have said with regards to those two not being as vocal as Kyle and us all of a sudden now starting to have a little bit more possession and having more spells of possession.
1: I mean, I, I mean, that's really some of it too, but you know, the whole thing is this is a team and if the team's going to fall apart because you know, there's an injury or two, I mean, he's been out, out basically all year, right? They should have been able to figure out a way by now to be able to account for that. Uh, you know, if one guy you know goes like Vaughn goes out this game, you know, one guy going out shouldn't make it be a house of cards. I don't think. You know, that's the whole idea is why you have reserves, why you have a bench. It's the next man up should be able to you know step in and do the job, you know, as well. Uh, so I don't you know. Well, we're not. We're not at training. I don't know what's you know, going on there, but you know, there seems to be you know, some level of you know, disconnect. And even last year, Darren rode you know his first choice hard, and we didn't see too many changes ever throughout the year. So, I don't
0: have... um, Just real quick, I just want to ask you guys' an opinion on this. Do you think there's any way how to necessarily coach that into a team, like to get them to be more vocal? You know, can, I, I'm once again like I don't have the person's solution, but I'm I want to get hear you guys' opinion. Like, are there ways to get about it? Because what we've heard from players like Luke, like Matt, like Akira, you know, and it's not hard. Like, as fans, you know, you know who are the vocal guys, who are the guys that are going to yell, cuss out someone, or you know, overly talk, and you don't normally see that out of out of Avon, out of Akira, Jalen. Maybe it's a little bit more talking but not as much. Is there anything that Darren can do to help that, like to increase the communication? Flow, or do you think it's just a thing that like Matt, you were saying, like, one, this team just needs to get healthier, and two, they just need to play better.
2: Um okay. sure. Yeah. Uh well, firstly, that's very hard to coach into someone who's a full fledged adult and has been playing professionally. That's very hard to coach someone who has been their entire playing career the silent leader to be the vocal leader. so that's very difficult but um touching on one thing you said Matt with regard to Ian it's it's even more telling the fact that this is the second year in a row that this has happened and it feels like we did not learn from it the first time around um this is the second time that we've lost Ian for the remainder of the season this time it was just earlier in the season and it's it's unfortunate for ian antley uh it's unfortunate that he's caught this 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 recurring injury a second time around but has there been enough focus in having a contingency plan for that i mean we started off the season with Devontae still injured We started off the season with an Ian Antley returning from injury. There should have been a Plan B already set up, and 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 I feel that the Plan B is has been a little too fragile, especially from this being the second time getting struck.
1: I mean, in in fairness on that one, you know, he signed three right backs. He had Antley, he had Devonte, he had Calvo. You know, so. Yeah, but I'm not, Devontae
2: was still injured and, and uh, still wasn't game fit.
1: Well, sure. But I'm just saying, you know, he, he had, you know, backups on the roster. It's not a matter of if you went, you know, Ian or Bust on the roster from the start on that one. So I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, kill him on that one. Uh, I, I do agree with you on the, you can't really teach, uh, you know, the vocal leadership you know, piece of everything. You know, it's, you know, your personality is kind of ingrained in who you are. If you're you introverted, extroverted, you know all that. Like you know, somebody can step it up, you know, in a moment if they know they need to. But it's about coming naturally, you know, to yourself. What's your you know basic you know instincts? Like you know, when we're in the stands, you know, my basic instinct is never to be the one to actually start up you know a chant or a song or whatever. Like that's just not who I am. I'm you know a lot more quiet and reserved. You know, in person, you know, I'll hop in on it. But I'm not, you know, like one of the guys who's going to be like instantly like, all right, that one finished. Let's get another one going right away. Blah blah blah, right? And you know, I can do that, but I have to really think and you know, be, do it consciously rather than just being me. And I think that's probably you know more you know Yvonne, that's more you know Jalen as well. So yeah, they might be able to you know, pick it up for you know for like five minutes or so here and there. They're really thinking about it, but you know, you ask them. You know, all things being equal, what's your natural you know, state? It's probably not that.
2: Yeah, and, and another key thing is if you if you try and force that into them, that's one more thing that they have to consciously think
1: about. Exactly. Which is distracting them from what they need to do.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. gotcha.
1: And, you know, oh. look, let's talk about the fun stuff. Let's talk about uh you know when the attack turning up at, you know, around you know midway through the first half and into the second half.
0: <laughs> <laughs> look. I want to ask you guys this: How many times did you go back and rewatch Emmy's goal to figure out if it went off his head or his foot? I
1: mean, I assumed it went off his foot in real time. I thought it was an outside, you know, the boot sort of deal.
2: Yeah, he just—it was kind of one of those lunge, lunging forward with your foot in the air, and like literally kind of clicked off the top of his foot to go in, like literally just one of those carry-on volleys, not like. The ball's coming towards you and you volley it, but it's going towards the goal and you kind of help it on with a volley.
0: I think is so in real that. time. I, I really thought that he scored this with his head, and I was like, did he just fly backwards? Like, how did he do this? Like, this doesn't make sense.
1: <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it's what we talked about before: being able to you know get a guy in space. It was, that time it was Maddie out wide on the right, and you, know, you get. You know, guys in time, and, you know, space to be able to pick Emmy out, things work well.
2: Yeah.
1: In that regard, it's the rest of the times where it's you know the kind of the like you know, the NHL dove and chase approach that doesn't work quite as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. And then for the second goal, I got to shout out, Richard Hayes, um, because he called it. He was like, Olex is coming on the seventy fifth minute," and that man came on at the seventy fifth minute and. Um, I'm just going to take a moment to gloat. Uh, You know, Olex is a great super sub. And I told Rob, uh, I might have had a beer or two in me, that whatever he's paying that man, double it. Like double it now. He's good. Um, (laughs)
1: Are are you trying to say that you're the only person who thinks Olex is good at the super sub role?
0: I'm the first one who started the conversation. I will say that.
1: I don't, I don't think that was ever what the argument was. There, <laughs> <laughs> the argument was: is he better? You know, you know, in a twenty-minute spurt or is he better to be using for 75, 80 minutes? Because he showed out well in North Carolina
0: game. He did, but look at this. Okay, what's the last? He's he did North Carolina full, Fort Lauderdale full, Chattanooga and- worst scored. Chattanooga, Chattanooga scored. and we haven't won. But then look at the games that came over to sub. We've won. South Georgia. Uh you got, wanted to name all the other games where he came out as a sub and we didn't win. weather yeah, I was just saying four. the record of his sub is better than him. It's better. <laughs> Alex ties everything together. But nonetheless, like he scores a very important goal. This is so a I very
1: hard goal, too. Not yeah. not the style that you would expect from him.
0: Exactly. Um, yeah, like,
1: the
2: kind of uh goal line scramble poking
0: <laughs> yeah not at all but i want to ask you guys this like so the set pieces that the Richmond kickers are there this is something that I've really looked at over the last three games like I even went back and watched the last three so Richmond like we've all talked about they have a lack of height in the attacker spot so what they'll try to do is have either Avon or, or Jalen um kind of flick the ball to the back post and the North Carolina game, it was flicking on to the back was to get Oleks one-on-one. This game was more of flicking it back to either make it like a scramble. And we saw it almost paid off a lot of times for Richmond. Like, you had the one MB chance early. I keep hitting my mic. I'm sorry. Um, the one MB chance in the first half, and then we had the nil, which, Matt, you corrected me on it. was not a goal. Um, in the second half, around the 16 minute. But you saw those chances. And then for Chris Cole, I don't – so I want to see how you guys feel about these. So when, when Richmond has the ball in the final third, what is it about Chris Cole launching these balls into the 18-yard box? Because I just feel like we're just losing possession because in the North Carolina game, that's how they got three breaks on us from that same trans, same play. The South Georgia game, they almost had a break on us. Is it about – what is Darren right. seeing – from Chris Cole, that he wants him to just launch his ball into the box when we're in the final third instead of just simply doing a simple throw in.
1: So, let me, let me get some clarification to make sure I'm understanding your question right. Are you saying, like, you know, when,
0: yeah, that was a lot.
1: When, uh, like, we have a corner and the opponents clear the ball out and Cole's like the last guy back to, you know, kind of pick it up, why does he launch no, back in then?
0: Not that. So, like, a throw in. I kept saying corner. I meant to say throw in in my head. Just replace throwing. So, like, we're in the final third. Chris so you're Cole.
1: Is it like long throws that are all that long?
0: Yes, yes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I just, you would think like when the team's on lack of height outside of Olex. I don't think we have a lack of height. I mean, I'm just like, no, we're not winning no headers. That's different. Okay. Yeah, because
1: I, I mean, you, you think about it, you know, you know, Jalen, huge dude. Ani, huge dude. Victor, pretty big guy. Stanley, he's like 6'1", 6'2". You know, late in the game, he had Ron uh, in there. Big guy. Uh, Blonius, not exactly a small dude. I mean, I've already named half the guys on the field at that point.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those uh-huh. plays where, like, if it pays off his – it's great, but since it's not, it looks like one of those things where it's like, all right, we need to do something else. All right, I think the
1: bigger thing is you know, when you telegraph a long throw, not the hardest thing in the world to defend if it's not like a road to lap, like, you know, A1 long throw.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. It just feels like it's the same thing, and there's no, like, different type of variation to it. It's kind of like Cole would get the ball, he'll throw it in, Jalen will flick it back, and it is what it is at that point.
1: Yeah, um, for on the topic of uh, set pieces that annoy us, uh, I would like to add one to the, you know, to the conversation. <laughs> okay. So I am not a short corner hater. I am currently a short corner hater in the way we're doing them. Yeah, because how on earth are you going to play a short corner and then get yourself caught offside? Because there's only one way you can do that, and that's play the ball up the field. You know, stop it. And, you know, you know. So that way, the guy who took the corner initially, who's on the end line, can cross it in. We got called offside on our own corner kick. Yeah, you know, because they screwed up that play. It should never happen.
0: <laughs> well, Maybe I mean, you're saying, guys, gotta pay attention to be to
1: be
2: devil's advocate. I mean, yeah. So basically, Elliot, yeah, you got to be paying attention on a that is is one of those corner kicks that is meant to throw a team off, but you need to check to see if they have a man on the post first. So (laughs) if they have a man on the post, even the player who's crossing, who's in the corner, who's setting up for the corner, who passes the ball in, the moment he touches that ball to pass it to the closest player, he's onside because there are two defenders on the posts on the line. So he's onside. But if there is no one on the post, don't try that.
1: Please don't. <laughs> right, it, it, it's fine when you run it one time. When you run it for the second, third, fourth time in the game, yeah, they might catch on what you're doing.
0: <laughs> Got to switch it up. Got to switch it up. Um, so, Shanir, this is probably a question better for you, Matt. Feel free to jump right in on this. Why is Darren sticking with this four-four-two diamond? You know what, what's making him want to play this formation? Because with it, it, it seems like we're very vulnerable in the wings. Um, but we're able to be a little bit more creative. Like, wh- what is making Darren want to play this formation?
2: Um, to be honest with you, I I, I don't know. Because one, one thing that I did notice, um, especially in the Tormenta game, was because of the fact that we don't have too much with regards to traditional width up front, Terzaghi is kind of left in no man's land because Bolaños is going to want to drift wide. Alves is a central player and Terzaghi is a central player. So if Terzaghi does win that ball, a ball that would come into him, he's on his own because Bolaños is wide and Alves is playing as kind of sort of like a 10. Uh, So further back. So I, I don't know if this formation really works well with regards to the attacking side of things. In the midfield, okay, you may have extra players in the midfield, and I think this goes hand-in-hand hand with what you were talking about, about um, Darren wanting to control the ball more and have more possession. Well, when you have four guys in the middle of the field, uh, it's it's more likely that you will be able to control the possession because most possession is in the midfield. Um, but then again, like you said, you're you're lacking that width. You're lacking that um, that protection on the wings because then you have your fullbacks who literally kind of have to play as wingbacks of sorts because there's no one ahead of them to if if the so if the ball does go wide deep in the opponent's half you're at least asking for the wingers to put some pressure on them to prevent them from being able to go up the line and attack the fullbacks. But if there is no one really technically supposed to be a winger, and then that pressure is coming straight into the fullbacks. So I I don't know if I like this formation, really, especially with the personnel that we have. I, I really don't know if it's if it really works for us so I, I don't know what I, I think it took to like you said Elliot I think he's trying to use this formation to control possession a little more
1: he's trying to spite you Elliot he's trying to say hey <laughs> <laughs> all right I'll do what you want me to do I'll show you you're wrong
0: you're right so let's go ahead and I'll um, jump on into it so this is also like a missing review podcast, so we'll give our review about how we do on the team and everything but our bowl predictions to start off the year, Shanir. I'm just gonna give you flag straight up. You were hella wrong. Like, oh, I wrong, know. wrong, wrong. <laughs> um, to make it known, Shanir, we have not won a derby yet. Yeah, <laughs> I know. have not won one yet. So, uh, rever- refresh us on some, uh, what everybody said. All right, so Shanir's bold prediction was we were gonna, um, win every derby this year we were not going to lose one Matt um, you said Zaka was Greenfield, going can we get a
1: clarification because I remember You know, I took issue with the term derby I don't remember what categorized as that was that just Madison or did that include North Carolina or what, what was So that included
0: Greenville North Carolina Richmond he, he included those three those three clubs right now we have one draw um, no, my fault. Two draws, two losses to them at this point right now. Sinair, yeah. how bad do you feel?
2: Uh, I'm I'm just frustrated. I'm frustrated <laughs> because the if you look at the two losses against North Carolina FC, we literally lost.
0: Oh, my fault. No, three losses. It's three losses in the loss to Greenville. So,
2: yeah. Uh, we literally lost two of our derbies against the team that is at the bottom of the league and we also gave up the most goals against the team at the bottom of the league.
1: Oh we're we're, we're we're the only reason that team's even within sight of any other team.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're the only I I think they're the only team that we've given up four goals against. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I mean it's like I don't know. I, I
1: yeah. They got two points from the rest of the league.
0: Yeah, that's about it. Anyway, <laughs> um, what else were we wrong about? So, Matt, you were right about Zaka leading the team in yellow cards. Um, oh, yeah. He does lead the team in yellow cards. <laughs> um, I was wrong about uh, Stanley Alvarez leading the team in scoring this. He's came close. He has not I on Wednesday. Eh, eh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying to help you out here, man. No, no, <laughs> he, he definitely
2: did have a, a a screamer that hit went off the outside of the post on Wednesday, but I think to be fair, your prediction, Elliot, was based off if he actually got to play, yeah. and I think he's played probably two full games, if that.
0: No, I mean, uh, well, he played. most he's playing more. He's playing a yeah. lot more than what he was at the start of the year. So that makes me think it might have been something injury related. But yeah, I know. don't think anyone
1: saw playing as a ten, though.
0: Yeah, no, no, that. And I'm not gonna lie, like low key, I kind of want to see it more because he's not afraid to shoot. Right, it, he's, that's the exactly. He's not afraid to shoot. Like,
2: I, that's that's the one thing that I did like about him, and I remember last year preseason. Um, I think he scored a couple of goals in the preseason. Uh, in in d- during the preseason in the in the three yeah. or four games that that yeah. we were able to see.
1: Yeah, he had four or five in the preseason.
2: Yeah. So I mean, in terms of that, that oh, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, most of those were. Rain shots. The one the one that sticks out to me the most was the I'm trying to remember the team the it I think uh, college the, the the foggy night.
0: I oh, if you're you talking about two years ago against High Point, yeah.
2: Yes. Yes. Um most of his shots were from further out. They weren't, you know, striker's goals of uh right on the goal line six yard six yards out penalty spot out and or or something like that he he was creating his chances and that was something that was a bit unusual for a number nine and i guess that's probably one thing that may have given darren some pause with him and it's like ah, maybe you're not a nine so this this is interesting seeing him as a 10 uh in, in that position like behind uh, Terzaghi and which it can pay off because the more attention Terzaghi gets, the more space he gets.
0: Um. So the other prediction I had was that Richmond was going to have at least two games this year where we score at least four goals. That was based off of last year under Darren, where um, we were winning almost every game one nothing. Um, I've came close twice. Well, actually, three times. I've scored three goals. We haven't cracked four yet. So I'm still kind of teetering with that one right now.
2: Yeah, we gave up four instead. Shut up. up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So um, do you guys want to hear what the points for game table is now? Or do you want to nope. go to Darren Swartz? <laughs> 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 I'm just going to bypass that. All right. Uh, um. So. Before the plot, I took some time. I've worked out Darren Swarovski's record. Um, this is also including his time as FC Tucson. So just keep in mind, listeners, his time at FC Tucson is different than what FC Tucson is now. At that time, FC Tucson was the quote-unquote two team for Phoenix Rising. So there was a lot of roster change, a lot of fluctuation, a lot of the lineup. Um, so that might have skewed the record. But here's where it stands. Um so far, Darren zawaski he has coached 58 games in total in USL League One. He has 20 wins, 16 draws, 22 losses. Of 75, his team's has scored 75 goals, has given up 82 goals, and has a negative seven goal differential. Um, guys, when you hear those numbers, and also he's presumably better at home than he is on the road. Um, But when you guys hear these numbers, what are some things that kind of pop in your head about Darren and his tenure in Richmond thus far?
2: Uh, Well, I mean, when you look at goals scored and goals against, that's a very close margin. In, in terms of on on the go on a, in a big picture in the grand scheme of things with that many goals, um. It, it's 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 difficult to really gauge, um. And and it, it it's a bit worrying that we have a situation where we have a a coach with a, I wouldn't say a losing record because it's just two more losses than wins uh but you 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 want to go for more so wins and you want you want to win games at the end of the day as a fan of any team you just want to win games you want that success you want um the accolades that come along with that um last year when darren first got the job and we saw what was happening yes COVID kind of threw a monkey wrench in 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 what was happening but there was more I, i feel that there was more of a direction there was more of a direction yes things got chaotic with all the injuries that were popping up left and right but i felt there was more of a direction um, even though it was an abbreviated season as well. There are a lot of caveats with that, but there was some kind of direction. I think, I feel like this season, that direction has kind of lost its 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 strength um, and its sureness, to be honest with you. I, I feel there is a lot of throwing this at the wall and see if it sticks. There's a lot of, you know, formation change and, and let's try this, and let's try that, and we're gonna do four-four-two diamond for a few games. We're gonna do three in the back for a couple of games. We're gonna do—I I don't know. I, I'm just—I don't know if it just feels that Darren is kind of running out of ideas, or because that's usually, bar a few exceptions in in the history of the coaching world. Um the tinkering usually shows a sign of coach running out of ideas, and I'm a little concerned about that.
0: I, so I'll push back a little bit on that. I don't think it's Darren necessarily running out of ideas. I think the formations for what we saw is more or less, like we talked about earlier, is just a result of injuries. You get you can only play who you can play. I think I think that's more of it for the formations. Now I do think. Maybe his substitutions could be a little bit better, or you know, starting lineup wise, you know. Um But I think formation. Selection, I think, basically. Yeah, I think you can only play who you got healthy. If you only got, if you don't have any healthy wingers, you can't go out there and be like, all right, everybody go forward, <laughs> have fun. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's a little bit. But that's you know the plus right there. um Yeah, Matt. Anything from you, or maybe I missed it. I had to go save my wife from a bug real quick.
1: I have not said a word. I I think Darren uh, has shown that he uh, can be a very good recruiter. I think he's uh, somebody who's got a lot of contacts in the game. We're seeing that with uh, some of these guys that he's found. I mean, how do you find Terzaghi? Well, you don't find that without a good network, right? Because anybody who will tell you that they had heard of him before he got to Richmond is an absolute liar. You know, so, you yeah, know, I think he's done really well, you know, on that level, with, you know, some of these guys that you know, he's been able to you know, bring in, he's been able to find. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if there's any you know, other way to say it, you know, on the field and mixed bag at best. Yeah. Right. You know, it really feels like a situation where, you know, the, you know, the sum of the parts is less than the whole, right. You know, and, know the past you know years you know we some especially under lee sometimes you know we see where some of the parts was much uh you know greater you know than the individual pieces and i don't think we're seeing that you know right now and you know really you know ever since you know that Omaha game last year where you know an went down the team had held on to win you know uh i think what were they like six two and two at that point and you know it looked like you know they had a you know, death grip, you know, on the playoff spot. You know, it's been mediocre. Oh,
0: man. What I would do to go back to that moment, <laughs> like, yeah, because that's the game. That's the game. Ian got hurt.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh man, uh, uh, another I,
1: win. An, uh, another win that I was on a solo road trip for. FYI,
0: <laughs> are we sure there's not like? Because I know Loki's out now. Like the show. Are we sure there's not like a variant version of Ian like Anley we could pull from that universe that he didn't get hurt?
1: Oh yeah, there is a variant. His name's Connery. He plays in Tampa Bay right
0: now. Great. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. Bring him there now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I want to ask you guys this: as a teacher, you know, I love grades. What do you feel like is your grade of this team thus far? Because based on our preseason predictions. All of us had this team in the playoffs. Now we all differed on whether or not we were going to finish in there. Once again, horrible. Like I might have to stop even doing preseason predictions because there had this team finishing first. <laughs> like um, Matt, you were more in the range of second to to third, uh, second or fourth. That's my fault. I was yeah. more. I was like home playoff game. That's the goal. I don't care if it's second through fourth. It just got to be a home playoff game. But based on that. Where do you guys feel about this team like grade wise? What grade Uh I
1: guess C minus.
2: I was gonna go with that too.
1: Yeah, I mean they're not they're not well, minus Wednesday, they're not bad. Right? But how many games have you, you know, left watching you know, this year where you felt really good after it opening day new england any other ones uh maybe tormenta one
0: but i see this is the thing it was never i, I agree with you. I, I i i go with the c minus um with that i'm kind of leaning towards d plus c minus kind of for me but that's just based on Every game this year, I haven't walked away with that. We were the better team. We were the most convincing team. You know, I didn't, it didn't feel like I haven't seen a solid performance out of the squad yet. Um, cause I think even like in the South Georgia game, that game got left really, really late. It took Olex, super sub, quote unquote, uh, to come on and turn the tide of that game. The North Texas game, you were down two goals and you flipped that on his head. Um, but, I mean, you like you said, you've had solid performances. You've gotten, you know, points where you weren't expect to get any. I, like, out of a Union Omaha, um, the South Georgia game on Saturday. But then we've also seen the the really bad performances of this squad where everything – it, it looks like no one knows how to play soccer, such as the North Carolina game or the Chattanooga game, where we got pinned on our own half for the first 45 minutes. Um. Do I think there's time to grow and get better? Yes, of course. There's still there's another half of the season left. There's fourteen games left. You know, I, I there's things of which upon this game can improve. But right now my green hands like C minus right now.
1: Yeah. And I think the reason I would, you know keep him at C is even let's even just say you know you flip that North Carolina home game, that zero zero game. Say you flip that into a win teams in the playoff spot right now. They'd be in fifth one point out of fourth with games in hand and, you know, only, you know, and within clear sight of third at that point too. You know, so it's not like, you know, they're dead and buried, you know, by any means, but it, I think it's just that, like, you know, I think you were saying too, it's that feeling of underwhelming.
0: Yeah, and this is the thing, like, I know everyone – mostly had positive feelings after the two two draw on a Saturday. Me on the other hand, I was just kind of just like I a game like that, I, I you normally I would feel better if one it wasn't on the rear end of a four-nil shellacking. But if that two two draw happens after a win, you know, you feel different about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just it, it just feels negative in that sense. But right. um one last thing. Before we wrap up, guys, well, two last things. 14 games left. How do you think the kickers finish out the year? And what is your midseason uh, bold prediction for this team? Shaneer, let's go ahead and start with you, my man.
2: Um, To be honest with you, I, I, it's hard to call. Um, There's been a lot of changes, a lot of switching things around to the point where like i said there's not really much direction so I, I it's it's really hard to tell where this team is going to go from here will they improve will they plateau will they dip um maybe that come from behind draw could wake some players up and 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 you know light a fire under them and, and get them rolling but to be honest with you I, I I do see us maybe um, maybe continuing a lot of the same, a lot of the same. The
1: uh, hop yourself off that fence, take a side, man.
2: No, I, I I'm saying uh, the 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 inconsistency. That's the word I was looking for. The 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 inconsistency that we've seen so far. At I'm it it pains me to say it, but I feel that it's going to continue that way. And which, which kind of kind of throw the monkey wrench in terms of trying to decide what's going to happen. But I think that we may depending on the form of other teams, we may be able to scrape into the playoffs because we, we need to remember that right now Tormenta are in fourth and we have three games in hand on them. And we are three points behind them. Uh, this this table is pretty tight, with the exception of um, North Carolina, of sorts. Even them, they're still technically within reach. But um, it, there there is possibility for us to make the playoffs. I think I think one prediction is we will be able to make the playoffs. However, to put a caveat on that, that all depends on what you said, Elliot, on how many games Terzaghi is focused.
0: So just to quickly clear that point <laughs> about Terzaki being focused, just look at how that team reacted after Emiliano got elbowed in the face of North Carolina how everything just went downhill south and then south Georgia where Millie was clearly locked in and came back. Um did you give us a, your bold prediction? Your bold prediction is that we're going to make the playoffs based on Suzagi? Is that it?
2: Yeah, depending okay. on, on if Tazagi stays focused. Okay. How many games he stays focused for.
0: All right. And, Matt, you already did yours? Or did I miss it?
1: No, Schneer went first, man. You helped, uh, you called him up to go first.
0: Oh, God. That's right. I'm, I'm bad at this. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Matt. Your turn.
1: <laughs> All right. So where do I see the season going? All right. Thankfully – there's not there hasn't been you know a real overwhelming uh cascade of quality in the league yeah you know, this year uh Omaha seems you know pretty good pretty solid Chattanooga seems pretty consistently good pretty solid everybody else has you know varying levels of uh disaster you know to them I mean even Greenville is trying their hardest to come back to the pack right now so it it's gonna be a complete mixed bag in there I wish I you know you know, could believe in these guys, but they've shown me nothing over the last two or three months to give me a reason to believe in them right now. Yeah. So I'm at a real struggle between head and heart, you know, heart is saying, all right, they're going to turn it around. They're going to piece it together and, you know, talent will win the day and they'll be able to get into the playoffs. Head is telling me, all right, we got, you know, at Omaha coming, we come, we've got a game home against Chattanooga, which never goes well for us. We got a trip to Greenville coming. We got three with Madison, you know, you know coming. We got you know uh, at North Texas, which has never gone well, you know, for us, you know, coming. So there's going to be an uphill battle on that end. So I'm trying to you know fight between you know those two. I mean, I hate, hate, hate to say this. It would not stun me. This comes down to the last day of the season, late night uh, USL after dark at Tucson, where the team needs to win to get in. I don't know if I can pull a trigger and say they'll be able to win it. I I don't know if I can do it. (laughs) I want want to, but I don't know if I can.
0: I'm really going to hate it if it comes down to Tucson. Just like how I did the Chattanooga last year, I'm really going to hate it. Yeah. yeah. Right, but would,
1: would you be surprised at all if that's the way it plays out?
2: No. The, the way this season is going, not just for the kickers but for everyone, no. It's 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 it it almost feels like every team in USL League 1 is off their kilter.
0: Outside of oh, outside of Union Omaha Red Wolves, everyone else is kind of is been weird dips.
2: Yeah, everyone else has been performing below expectation. Probably, actually, no. With the exception, also of New England Revolution two, they, I think, they have performed. To be honest with you, how, honestly, think at the beginning of the season, where would you have ranked New England Revolution two? Oh,
0: that was no Matt that, that had to finish dead last. Well, my fault. That was a year. not. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about Cal. I'm getting to show stuff. Cal had them finishing that last. Matt had them as a playoff team. That's right. I was, was going to say. Yeah. That's and, and the really thing football. a lot of a lot of people
2: felt, you know, especially with the, with the way they performed last year, they felt, eh, this New England team. They're basically, you know, the academy, the kids that are fresh out of the academy for New England Revolution, not good enough to play for the for the MLS team, and just you know, giving them something to do. So, they it, it, I think they have ex, uh, exceeded expectation a little bit, but other than that, everyone else has kind of been floundering.
1: I mean, they're to still be not, nice. they're not necessarily good, let's be clear about that. Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, Matt, are you first, or are you still got someone else you want to put in? Uh, I'm
1: yeah. supposed to give a bold prediction, aren't I? Uh, yeah, let's see here. I'm trying to think what would actually be bold at this point. <laughs> uh all right, I'll throw it out here. We're gonna see Austin Cosy, you know, get some minutes by the end of the year.
0: Ooh. I like that. Qu- sidebar real quick. What happened to Avisa? Because ever since Fort Lauderdale, we have not seen that boy. I don't know if he's hurt or what, but I, mean, I assume he's hurt. Yeah. I haven't seen him real concerned. why not him? I mean, I know that sounds
2: messed up, but I kind of hope so. Because if it's not the case, then
1: they would have put out a press release if he was not with the team anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. True. All right. Um, so mine, my, my prediction for the last 14 games of the year. Um <clears throat> I'm kind of with you, Matt. I'm kind of like head and heart. Because if I wasn't a Kickers fan, I would not put money in this team being in the playoffs. Um, but then um, my heart is kind of just like how fluky USL League 1's been, how unstable other teams have been, how close and jumbled up the rest of the table is, excluding Greenville, Rebels and your Omaha. Like you said, like, Sinead, you brought up the point. Like if Richmond goes out here and wins the three games, we're in we're third place, you know? Um, it is weird. It is very weird. And this season is not going to get settled until probably September. So I, right now I'm going with – I think we get into the playoffs, but I think it comes down to the last three games. Like I, I think we get in by the skin of our teeth. Um, I don't think it's an easy thing, but we're in. And we'll go from there. Um
1: so my bowl was up? just just to interject on your last three games. Uh, that would be one hell of a way to get in. <laughs> Home, Madison, from Omaha at Tucson. Oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> to
2: yeah, be honest with you, anything said. can happen because we're we are in ninth place and we're nine points off of first.
0: Look, I'm not even thinking about first. Yeah, no. I,
2: I know I'm <laughs> not thinking about first, but just just that's that's how crazy this table is 10th mm. place is 10 points off of first place that it, it it's, seriously at this point is who's messing up the least is who's on top <laughs> and it, it's it's not even a question of who's performing well I just I just feel this season has been kind of out of kilter and completely whacked um
0: but no I, I get that point there about like how like last year it was Grieva running away and no one's catching them exactly, but no this year it's kind of just way. like you're going to run, maybe something happen. Um, so my bold prediction is this, and it, it, it's going to be linked together. So, in order for Richmond to get into the playoffs, Darren Sawasu's away record right now is one win, two draws, four losses. I think he flips that. I think he gets four wins, has two draws, one loss for the away record. I think he flips it. I think. That's the way how we get into the playoffs.
1: You want to call your shot on which ones we're winning? Woo. Uh, okay, hold on. All
0: right, all
1: right. Here, I got it for you. I got it up. All right. So, yeah, at Toronto.
0: Okay.
1: Got it at Greenville.
0: Uh huh. At Madison. Okay. At New England. Uh huh. At North Texas. Uh huh.
1: At Omaha. At Tucson.
0: Okay. Oh. All so, right, so, the, so I think I I take Toronto as a win. Okay. Um I take Revs as a win. I take SC2 as a win. Say it.
1: Say I th- it. You know you want to I it.
0: take I take Madison as a win. I'll take there you Madison. Go. I'll yeah. I'll take <laughs> Madison. I'll take Madison. Um I think Union Omaha is a loss. I think Union Omaha is a loss. Uh, I I think North Texas we can get. Because based on how FC Dallas is playing right now, and I'm kind of looking at how FC Dallas is playing, they're not really good. I don't think they're going to be sending out a lot of players at that point of the year because they're going to be pretty much just like, all right, we're out of the playoffs. Let's just play the kids. And I think that we're more people up than sending people down because it's not like you got a playoff push at that point. So I think you can get a draw there, and that leaves me with Greenville. I think that's a draw. Historically, Greenville has been a place for a draw for us. Neither team has been historically better than the other, even including the first game this year. Like, you know, that game was a draw, so I, th- I think that's there. Dallas is only six points
1: off. You, you, you get, uh, you know, our good friend uh, Pepe, you know, staying on fire like he had his hat trick this weekend. They could MLS. You show up at the table real fast.
0: Uh, I got them flamed out a lot more quicker than what he is, than anything else. Um, but yeah, that, that's my. I think in order for this team to get into the playoffs, I think Darren has to improve that away record. Um, because historically on the road, he's won only three games. That was last year the year before that. So I got him getting one more than that normally, and that's four. So that's like this. All hey. right. Yeah. Huh. I know. I know. That's my ball prediction. Um. Anything else out of you guys before we wrap up? I know it's been a tough week, but maybe this podcast can lift up the Red Army. Knows. <laughs>
1: lift up. So y'all, y'all had a good turnout. Uh, you know, doing stuff for the community this weekend, right?
0: Yes, we did. Um, so <laughs> thanks for that, Matt. Um, because I'm not the one that usually talks about this stuff. Um, so this past Saturday we did a community service event with hashtag lunchbag, lunch uh feed the streets RVA. And we made over five hundred launches, uh delivered over ten cases of water, three hundred plus masks to various homeless shelters in the community. So that was a great turnout. If you want to see the picture of that, you can go check us out on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram—all on there. Um, so that was a really cool event for us to do. You know, it was something oh, yeah. different that the random has done in a while, but it was great to you know get back in the field of community service and helping people out.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I think there's, you know, wouldn't be surprised if there's other events you know getting planned you know for the future. So you know, even if you're not technically a member you know of the group, you, you don't have to be to join in. Uh, we'll we'll make sure that. You know, we get the word out outside of just uh, the group page too.
0: Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, if you if you have any ideas for community service events, free feel to hit us up. Um, and let us know, and we'll get you in contact with the right people that can help you. More likely, that probably be me. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to end this now. Shanir, anything for you, buddy? Before we wrap up,
2: um, I'm just looking ahead at next week with um. Tucson or next game, our next game against Tucson. It's at home. So you're taking the um, Bill
0: Belichick approach on the Tucson, huh? <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> no. Tucson's coming here, but um, to be honest with you, I, if we look at the past couple of years, Tucson has not really had a lot of fun playing away against us. Um. So I, I think we have an opportunity to kind of to kind of bounce back with this game. Uh, maybe maybe get ourselves back on the winning side of things. Yvonne will be back? Will he be back for that game? Or it was just one match, right? Yeah, it was one okay. Match. All right. So, um, yeah, so Yvonne should be back. Um, hopefully we'll be able to have an established back line together. Um, and if that's the case, there's there's a real chance that we can we can take it to Tucson and hopefully um, get three points at home.
0: Anything else out of you, Matt? Before we wrap up, my good man.
1: No, I mean i you know PSA. If, uh, if you've never been to Statesboro, don't bother. Ain't much there. <laughs> yeah, close, not too far from Savannah.
0: Go to Savannah instead. <laughs> <laughs> sound like you regret it I thought we were getting the entire part without my dog barking, but we did not Um, yeah, last thing out of me, um, I just want to say this, no matter how frustrated you are with the team, no matter how annoyed you are with things how things are going, that does not give any of us, and I'm including us in there, not saying we did it, but just including us in there as well, um, to call players, staff, or other fans out of their name You know, River City 93, we make it pretty known, but my dog's agreeing with me, Uh, that we are against racism, homophobia, transphobia, all that stuff. Like, it's not cool. It's not worth it. If you're that pissed off about a game, that annoyed about a game, don't even bother getting on social media. It's not even worth it. So um, that's my little PSA. Um, but with that being said, guys, as always, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook at River City Ninety Three, and also on YouTube, where we'll put the uh, video version of this, so you can see our beautiful faces outside of Shaneer because this is the only way his audio works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll figure
2: something out, though. I'll figure something <laughs> out. To get, to get my my camera. Probably get a camera or something. Yeah.
1: yeah. Need to renegotiate my ideal. I thought I was on an audio only deal here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah guys, as always we want to say thank you guys for taking the time out of your day to listen to the show. And as always, we'll holler at you later. Talk to you guys.